Well, welcome back to the Legend of Zelda Lorecast. I'm your host, Aaron, and joining me... <sighs> it's just Ariel. Nope. The yeah. goddess of editing, Ariel. Oh, no. <laughs> just Ariel. Uh, well, uh, just Ariel, we're here together to once again talk, I believe, more Twilight Princess characters. No. No? No. Well, what are we here to do then? Talk about Twilight Princess characters. Oh my gosh. Okay, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) So, without further ado, do you want to kick us off? Sure, I'll kick us off with Beth. Beth! Yeah, I'm gonna, we're gonna kind of go through a lot of characters here. So, unfortunately, I'm sorry, listeners. I kind of gonna just not do the interpretations. Uh, there are a lot of them. Yeah, I'm trying to bust through these so we can, you know, continue on. How about we make a little bit of fun out of this? How about you say the character and give the description, and I will come up with an impromptu off the top of my head one. Sure, let's do that. Okay. I like it. Sounds good. So, I have Beth. Beth is a young girl from Ordon Village and the daughter of Haunch and Sarah. She has a huge crush on Link and gets mad at Talo and Malo for constantly asking things of him. She believes they are both immature brats <laughs> and idiots, as she often calls them. She will then ask Link the same thing, but only because they won't leave him alone. Oh, yeah, she'll ask him of the same exact thing that they ask, but just because they won't leave him alone, you know. She also won't work at her mom's store until her dad buys more girly stuff instead of boy stuff. Boys have cuties. Oh, goodness. (laughs) She is very much a diva. She, as well as the other children of Orden Village, get kidnapped and takes refuge in Kakariko Village under the care of Renato. Later on, King Bulblin tries to run over Beth and Talo, but Colin pushes her out of the way, saving her and getting kidnapped in the process. Beth stops teasing him once Link saves them and decides to take care of him and help him recuperate from his injuries. Beth also develops some sort of feelings. This is all in quotes. I'll explain it later. For Rollis and regrets not getting to know him better and becoming a princess. That's the whole reason she has feelings for him because she just wants to be a princess. Yeah, so (laughs) is it really feelings? All right, you ready for my interpretation? Hold on, I'm not done yet. Oh boy. She also becomes good friends with Renato's daughter, Luda, and is seen in the end credits hugging Luda as she departs back to Ordon. And I have a couple little facts here before Aaron kicks me off here. (laughs) If Link attacks any of the Orden children with any weapon, Talo and Beth will avoid the attack. I never knew that question mark. Okay, shifty eyes. (laughs) And Beth carries a stuffed doll on her back. (sighs) So, okay, go on. Go ahead. Uh, Evil little orphan Annie. Wow. You know what I was thinking? Like, she's Angelica Pickles. Oh my gosh, yes. Angelica Pickles is way better interpretation. (laughs) 
but I'm not doing interpretations. So <laughs> the next one I have is Colin. Okay. And he's a timid little shy boy who uh, lives in Oren and is the son of Russell and Uli. He is often taunted uh, by Malo and Talo. And he gradually becomes braver and more confident as the story progresses and stuff he does in it. He looks up to both Link and Ilya. And he made Link's fishing rod early on in the game. So, you know, he gets kidnapped by Bulblin, King Bulblin. And, you know, goes to Kakariko Village and the care with Renato, as well as the other kids. And like I said with Beth, he pushes Beth out of the way to save her and ends up getting like seriously hurt. And when Link goes and gets like, when Link goes and saves him, Beth then decides to take care of him. And because of his bravery, he had earned the respect of the other children. So they stopped teasing him. During the ending credits, Colin appears in Hyrule Field with the other kids, carrying a sword and shield, which is kind of symbolic of his bravery, newfound bravery. Now he's a fighter. So I got one little fun fact here about Colin. Inside Colin's house, a drawing of his family along with a pointed eared figure can be found. And that is most likely Link because he looks up to him and he's best friend. No. So, uh, interpretation? Interpretation. Gerber baby grown up. Gerber baby grown up. That <laughs> is a mouthful. I like it. He's got the blue eyes, the blonde hair, like that baby face. Yeah, it's the Gerber baby Gerber grown up. Baby grown up. <laughs> oh boy, I like it. Uh. So the next character I have is Fado, and he runs the Orden Ranch and teaches Link how to ride a Pona by setting up fences for him to practice. And he often asks Link to help him herding the goats because they just don't listen to him. Goats, do goats listen to anybody? Meh. <laughs> and after Link restores the light to Elden Province and gets Epona back, Fado gives him a piece of heart. If he herds 20 goats into the barn in less than three minutes, you've got three minutes. Fado is last seen in the ending credits, calling to Link's empty house. So I have a fun little fact here. According to series producer Aiji Anuma, the interior of Fado's house was left inaccessible due to time constraints during development. <laughs> there were a lot of time constraints on this game. Yeah, so if you ever wondered why... Out of all the houses. You couldn't get into his. That's why he did not make the cut. All right, interpretation time. Out of place jock. Out of place jaw. Yeah, look at him. He has like the 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 high and tight cut. Got the chiseled jaw, the muscular physique. He looks like a like a football player from like a nineties movie. He's out of place jock. 
because he can't nah. herd the goats. It's not a farm boy. Nah. He's out of place. <laughs> I like it. All right, next I have Haunch, who is Beth's father and Sarah's husband. And you first see him staring up at the tree above Fado's house because it's infested with bees. He tries to knock down the beehive because he wants bee larva to please his wife because she's super upset about her cat disappearing. And if Link stays around for a few seconds after speaking to him, he'll throw a rock at the hive, causing bees to swarm and chase him into the water. <laughs> so then Link comes and saves the day and knocks down the hive, letting him have his bee larva. That just sounds gross. Yuck. So after Beth is captured, he sends a hawk after Wolf Link whenever he comes close, believing Wolf Link to be the one that had kidnapped Beth. And in order to get the Orden shield, <laughs> Wolf Link must get on the roof of Sarah's sundries and scare Haunch into jumping into the water once again. Uh, I love the fact that you actually learned this from the cat. <laughs> Meow. Meow. So that is what I have on Haunch. No fun little facts for him. Oh, this is a this is a hard one. Uh, I don't have an interpretation for him. He's a sad, strange little man. I figured you'd say something like scaredy cat or something. Scaredy cat. <laughs> scares easy. You're a sad, strange little man. I pity you. Poor haunch. <laughs> All right. Next up I have is Ilya. And she is Mayor Bo's daughter. And she views it as her duty to keep a close eye on Colin and keep him out of trouble, even though do you really see Colin getting into trouble? She's extremely close with nature and heals Epona when she's hurt in the beginning of the game. In the beginning of the game, she is hit with an arrow and kidnapped by the Bulblins, like all the other children. But she is located in Castletown, has no idea who Link is. And that's when Telma reveals that she had lost her memory and can't even remember her own name. Ilya has been taking care of Rollis, the Zora Prince. And before she had arrived in Castletown, she was with Impaz. Like I had talked about before with when I talked about Impaz. So during Lanayru's narrative of the Fused Shadow, Ilya represents the image of Hyrulians as they watch the creation of Hyrule and the Triforce. And afterwards, she appears blank-eyed, representing the people blinded by the Triforce power and attempts to kill Link with a knife, but is instead slayed by Link as he himself goes blank-eyed and rushes to the Triforce. So at the end of the game, Ilya and the rest of the children are seen returning to their home inside a carriage. She is last seen witnessing Link's departure from the village. So I got some fun little facts here 
Ilya's concept arts show her with the pointed ears of a Hylian and a mark representing Navi on her forehead. So that's pretty cool. Is it, pos it is possible to go through the entire game without rescuing Ilya's memory, although her charm becomes useless in Link's inventory. <laughs> Ilya is never seen wearing shoes. She goes barefoot at all times. And the last thing I have, Ilya may be from the word Iliad, which is a mythical and historical writing of the Trojan War. I have had an interpretation of her since Twilight Princess came out. Let's Are you ready it. for this? If Navi and Saria became one person. Naria? Naria. <laughs> or Savi. 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 Yeah. She literally represents to me Saria and Navi if like they're in, like one person. I still like Naria. Naria. <laughs> Nar. <sighs> well, I have a little hint, a little secret, a little behind the scenes. You want to hear one? Yes. <clears throat> So did you know the Twilight effect was originally depicted in the games as a colorless world shaded in black and white with only characters having colors. However, it was changed to a golden yellow color for the final product of the game. Hmm. I think that would have been cool. I can see why they did it because having shades of black and white could get very confusing. Yeah. <laughs> kind of adds to the, you know, game. No. It, it would, I would have to turn the brightness up and I would be very mad about that. <laughs> uh. So who's next on our lovely little list? Jaggle. 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 Jaggle is the father of Malo and Talo and Pergi's husband. He's found on a rock formation overlooking the river in Ordon, where he resides in his and Pergi's house. He teaches Link about targeting climbing vines and hawkgrass. Jaggle doesn't allow his children to go into Farron Woods because it's dangerous. However, the two end up disobeying to chase after a monkey. <laughs> after Talo is captured by the Bokoblins and is saved by Link, Colin tells Russell what happened. So when Jaggle hears of it, he scolds the two of them. And that is really that on Jaggle. But I have some fun facts here. If Link breaks enough Orden pumpkins around Jaggle, he will tell him to stop wasting food. Sounds like something I would say. The dolls lying on the second floor of his house bear resemblance to my boy Beetle. <laughs> Interpretation time. What happens when you do too much headbutting? Are you talking about a square head? He is very square head. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wow. It's it's not so much the head, it's the forehead. 
Like that is a massive forehead and I can only picture that he is excellent at headbutting. I do not want to find out if he is or isn't. <laughs> I'll leave that to you. So next I have Mayor Bo. Mayor Bo. And kind of goes without saying he's the mayor of Orden. And he's Ilya's dad. He's friends with Winato. And is first seen in front of his house by the road that leads up to Orton Ranch. If Link speaks to him on the second or third day, a sequence where an Orden goat comes rushing down the road will be triggered. Mayor Bo also teaches Link the secrets of sumo wrestling in his house. He tells Link that he defeated the Goron patriarch, Gorkoron, using the iron boots. He then gives the boots to Link, which ultimately helps him defeat Gorkoron in a sumo wrestling match, which then allows him to get into the Goron mines. Later, when Link speaks to Gorkoron, he will wryly say that it is fortunate that Ilya looks more like her mother instead of Bo. Oh, poor guy. <laughs> and during the end credits, Bo is seen reuniting with his daughter after they were brought back to the village. And I have one little fun fact here. Bo is based on the Norse nickname Bua, which means to live. I will say he definitely lives up to that. He definitely looks like a guy you don't want to mess with. I call this the Hyrulean human boar. Hyrulean human boar. <laughs> he's got that mustache that looks like tusks. <laughs> and he's a sumo wrestler. Yeah. Well, I mean, if he took on Gorons, even with the iron boots, he's, you know, he's. Yeah, he's. he's no definitely a vicious with. wild boar. <laughs> He'll get you. So is that your like little interpretation that's my, of him? That's my interpretation of him. Okay. <laughs> Ready for the next one? Always. Mallow. So Mallow is the son of Jaggle and Pergy and the brother of Talo. And like many other Ordonians, he has rounded ears instead of the typical pointed Hylian ears. Despite his infantile appearance, he's rather intelligent and entrepreneurial, though quick to making blunt comments. And after being rescued by Renato, Malo opens a shop in Kakariko Village called the Malo Mart. There he sells the Hylian Shield and eventually the Hawkeye. After completing the Goron Mines dungeon, some of the elders come down to ask for donations to repair the Eastern Bridge leading into Castletown, which totals about a thousand rupees. And once it's paid off, they want to raise another 2,000 for buying Chudley's fine goods and fancy trinkets and porium in Castletown. <laughs> However, that hefty sum can drop down to 200 rupees if Link helps out Gorlig's son first by dousing him with hot spring water. 
And once the Malomart Castle branch has been set up in Castletown, Link can buy the magic armor on sale for a whole whopping 598 rupees, which is a very weird number. It's just, you know, why not 600 rupees? The other wares available in the Malomart Castle branch are also brought down to an affordable price. So I got some fun little facts here. When Link acquires and begins target practice with the slingshot in front of the Orden Village children, instead of shooting at the targets, he can shoot at the children who will duck his shots. Malo, however, does not duck by bending at the knees and waist to avoid the shots. He instead lowers himself by bending backwards with his face looking skyward, because he is Neo. <laughs> Um. And one last little fun thing here. Malo's name may be based on Malin, much like his brother's name, Talo, may be based on Talon. Malin and Talon. Malo and Talo. So you ready for your uh, interpretation? Yes. If the boss baby was a Hyrulean. Yes. <laughs> Hylian boss baby. Hylian boss baby. 100%. <laughs> You're welcome, listeners. You'll never be able to unsee that now. Um, 100%. I can't now. And he's entrepreneur like the boss baby. Mm hmm. So, I mean, I'm just saying, it's the Hyrulean boss baby. <laughs> <laughs> Ready for the next one? I am. Or Donna. Or Donna. Or Donna, the little cat spirit. Oh, uh, yeah. It looks like a cat. Uh, yeah, okay. It's the spirit of light who protects the Ordana province. Ordana tells Link of the other three light spirits and the reason for their existence, which is to protect Hyrule. And when talking to Lanayru, it explains that the spirits of light other than Ardana were ordered to seal away the evil magic of the dark interlopers. This could imply that Ordana was not present at the time of the incident, that the Ordana province is not considered part of Hyrule, that Ordana is the least of the spirits, as it does not share a relation to the golden goddesses, or that its exclusion was simply an oversight. So that is Ordana, the spirit of light. So, two little fun facts here. The spirit appears in the form of an Orden goat, though I think it looks like a cat. Mm -hmm. The indigenous animal of Orden Village. I really think it looks more like a cat. Ordana is the only one of the four light spirits not bearing a name that has reference to the Golden Goddesses, which I kind of covered. So, that is what I have on the cat, not goat, Spirit of Light or Donna. Interpretation cat goat. <laughs> <laughs> so ready for another one? I am. Let's go. Let's do Pergy. Pergy. I keep wanting to just call her Fergie. <laughs> but it's Pergy. And her hubby is Jangle. 
and Talo Malo are kids. And she's often found in the house cleaning dishes while Jagal is working elsewhere. And though her kids are very much a handful, they are her precious little pair of angels. Yeah. Yeah, because one of them makes her money. Of course. <laughs> and that is really all I have on Pergy. Not a, you know, no. too important. Uh, interpretation Pergy, not Fergie. Pergy, not Fergie. <laughs> the uh, best dishwasher in Orton Village. All of Hyrule. Okay. Yeah. The best dishwasher in all of Hyrule. I feel like her character model, she could have been so much more than just the dishwasher. She looks like she would beat you to a pulp. She looks like she should have been married to Bo. Yeah. Like, when I think wrestler, that, like, kind of reminds me of, you know, China. I know we're throwing it back here, but, you know, Xena Warrior Princess. I mean, she kind of does look like China. Yeah, right? That's why I said she, she definitely can kick some butt. I, I, mm. <laughs> uh, kick butt by night, dishwasher by day. <gasps> She's Batman. It's butler. <laughs> Wouldn't it be like Goatman instead of Batman? Uh, you know, goat, goat woman. Goat woman. Okay, I'm done with you. <laughs> All right, on to the next one here. We got Russell. <laughs> All of these names, and that's the one that always gets me. I know. Well, the funny thing is it's Russell, but it's spelled R-U-S-L. <laughs> like, it's such a, just a Russell, but it's, it's, it's Russell. they got to spell it different. Oh, my gosh. So, Russell is Link's mentor and tutors him in sword fighting. He's married to Uli and the father of Colin, and he gives Link his first sword. He also crafted the Orden sword Link uses before he obtains the Master Sword. If Link returns to Orden Village in his wolf form, Russell searches the village for the monsters that kidnapped the children. If he sees Link, he'll mistake him for a monster and attack him with his sword whenever he gets close. And after Link clears the Lakebed Temple, he finds Russell and Telma's bar along with the other members of the Resistance, although in an armored disguise. He'll only take his helmet off and reveal himself to Link the second time he's spoken to, saying nothing initially. And he's been connected with the Resistance for a long time. Once Link retrieves the mirror shard from the Snowpeak ruins and returns to Telma's bar, he learns from Telma that Russell is in Farron Woods, near the entrance to the Sacred Grove. After he finds Russell at this location, overlooking the Forest Temple, he gives Link a golden cuckoo to use to reach the Sacred Grove. Russell and the rest of the Resistance make their appearance at Hyrule Castle and defeats all the enemies that ambush Link. 
allowing Link to proceed to the last few floors of the castle to reach Ganondorf. So, I have a fun little fact here. Unused dialogue from Princess Midna, likely intended to appear when Wolf Link acquires the Orden Sword, suggests that Wolf Link was originally going to pounce on Russell from behind to take the sword from him. I must say, the character model for the longest time made me think he had a head wrap. It's a headband. <laughs> I thought it was a nod back to when, you know, Link to the Past when your uncle gets hurt and bandages on the head. Yeah, anyway. Uh, <laughs> um... I never really could come up with an interpretation. He just so he's just so bland as a character. Honestly, bland swordsman. The bland swordsman. <laughs> I'm just listeners. You can't see me. I'm just shaking my head at Aaron. Link's uncle 2.0. Link's uncle. <laughs> I'm so over you. Uh, well. Before we go to a mid-break, do you want one more interesting fact from Moa? I do. Ooh. Okay. <clears throat> so, did you know that in the game, all but one Howling Stone you find in the game actually play classic Zelda songs from previous games? Those include the main theme of Ocarina of Time, main theme of Majora's Mask, and Wind Waker. The last stone, however, plays the main theme of Twilight Princess. Well. Who will? <laughs> uh. So, I think it's time we go from here to our lovely mid-break. Well, here we are in the middle of the show, Ariel. Do you know what we do in the middle of the show? Hey, I just said that. Only yeah. not on recording. <laughs> What do we do on the middle of the show? Talk a lot. Talk a lot? No. Yes, but no. <laughs> <laughs> now we thank our wonderful, awesome, amazing patrons. We do. You ready for this? Yep. All right. <clears throat> we got a lot to go through. Are you ready for this? Yep. All right. We're going to start with our golden goddess level patrons. <clears throat> the nerdy biker, Jeremy Kelly, Chaotic Damon, Kex, Kyle Wilson, Mabel Flapjacks. Mystery Bemo! And now we move on to our Hyrule Royalty patrons. Alan Morgato, Christopher Green, James Becker, and we move on to our Sheikah patrons. We have Fogramir, the Hero of Theories, the Hero of Time, Hylian Riot, Jetty Link 01, Naked Mango, Stormer858, Venomous Duck, we are Legion, Wolf Warrior1869, and now we move on to our Kokiris. Our Kokiri patrons are A. Meek, Austin J. Miller, Donnie Herman Jr., Jumanji, Nebula, uh, I always mess this one up, Nebula Echo, Preston Balagad, Remington Cloutier, and our fairy patron, Doug Leamy. We got a lot of patrons. We do have a lot of patrons. Ooh, this is going to be fun because we have our patron chat episode this weekend. I know it's going to be awesome because <laughs> we're talking Tears of the, the Kingdom. kingdom. 
just so everyone knows first off thank you to our lovely patrons you allow us to keep this show going and uh you make it incredibly worthwhile and uh you keep you, you keep the tape rolling honestly yeah you guys are awesome we greatly appreciate it and we greatly appreciate the listeners too because without you we wouldn't have a show uh on that note because of our listeners and our fans worldwide we hit the number 10 slot on itunes for uh video games that is awesome i know we're up there with a couple other legend of zelda pods oh yeah that is awesome (laughs) see this is why i say you guys are awesome see without you it wouldn't happen so keep that ball rolling like a Goron yeah (laughs) oh speaking of Gorons Ariel before we continue we have to give a shout out to our friends over at hello Hyrule (laughs) (laughs) the way you said it hello Hyrule hello Hyrule (laughs) we just guested with them um, on the uh, what was it Goron Goron City yep Death Mountain. Yeah, Death episode Mountain that came out this past Sunday. It did. It was awesome. I got to listen to it. It was fun doing it with them, and it was even more fun to listen to it. Oh, it was. It was a blast. <laughs> it really was. So, if any of you listeners haven't tuned in to Hello Hyrule, I know I said it weird, but it's Hello Hyrule. If you haven't listened to them, you should mm. for one, and most definitely listen to the. Goron City episode mm-hmm. where we guested in it and then listen to the, uh, their other episodes. So, Oh yeah. <laughs> it was a whole lot of fun. It was a blast. <sighs> well, Ariel, do you want to hear some from, uh, from some of our lovely fans on uh, some reviews? I do. Okay, we haven't done these for a bit. So, <clears throat> you ready for this? Bum, 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 our fur... Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> Our first one comes from Freddy Loves Ewoks and L-O-Z. That is 100% acceptable <laughs> because I also love Ewoks and L-O-Z. Uh, it says, hi, five stars. Five stars is not enough to explain how awesome this podcast is. And I have one episode request and two questions. My episode request is for an episode about Koroks and Hestu. Yep. It's going to happen. Oh, yeah. And my one question is what is your favorite Tingle, Link, Zelda, and Blin appearance? I know. It's a lot. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so before Aaron gets into what his favorites are, and me, but I just want to say when we do the Korok and Hestu episode, we should do the dance. We have to do the dance? I'll do the dance. I know nobody can see it, but I'll get maracas out. No, what we'll do is we'll record us doing the dance for that episode. Okay. And I'll get maracas. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't think I can get ones that shoot out confetti, but I'll still do the maracas. Oh, even better idea. We could see how many people we can get at Gen Con this year to do the Hestu dance with us. We'll record it. 
Yeah, I don't think Twitter. anybody is going to do the history <laughs> dance with us at Gen Con. Because, you know, it's tabletop gaming. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I'm going to try. <laughs> uh, anyway, so favorite Tangle Zelda, Link, and Blin appearance. Uh, Blin appearance for me is definitely uh, Breath of the Wild Tears of the Kingdom. I'm kind of putting those two together because it's kind of the same timeline. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mostly because in Tears of the Kingdom, they get the cool horns that you get to use as weapons. Listen, <laughs> listen, I really, we're going to go on to blends here. I really like the horror blends. Oh, no. In Tears there. of the Kingdom. Horrible. <laughs> Just because I love their names. Horrorblins. Oh my gosh. So that's mine. Tears of the Kingdom. Oh. All right. Favorite tingle appearance. Favorite tingle appearance would have to be Breath of the Wild because he turned into a whole chain of islands. <laughs> All right. I'll give that one to you. <laughs> uh, Ocarina or uh, Majora's Mask for me. It's just, it's just everywhere. It's where Tingle should be. Uh, actually, no, it's a toss-up because Wind Waker was pretty good too. Uh, but no, I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with Majora's Mask. I mean, we're gonna go by actual, you know, his actual appearance and not a chain of islands. I was just being silly. Then yeah, Link. You you can't just your favorite Link, your favorite version of Link. Which game? That's hard. Mm-hmm. That's I I can't answer that. Twilight Princess. I just I can't because <laughs> I like Link in every. Yeah, game. yeah, I do too. I don't really have a favorite. I like his appearance in Twilight Princess. It's more dark and more. More mature. More mature. I would say magic armor is my favorite set of armor ever. That stuff was cool in Twilight Princess. <laughs> uh, all right. Last one is Zelda. Favorite appearance of Zelda? None, because I don't know. <laughs> um, honestly, probably Breath of the Wild, because she was a lot more useful and not damsel in distress. <sighs> Wind Waker. Tetris the bomb. I can't wait for us to get to Wind Waker because we're going to talk about Tetra and Tetra definitely makes Link the damsel of distress. <laughs> yeah, but I forgot when Zelda Zelda. Okay, yeah. Zelda Zelda. I'd say Breath of the Wild because she's you know, actually doing stuff. So. You ready for the next one? Yep. All right. This one comes to us from Sax Attack 7 Laughing out loud. Five stars. Hey, Aaron. I'm a high school kid who has never played an LOZ game, but I love the lore because of the tragic epics of heroes and villains are fascinating. I love the way that the video games create a culture. And as a jazz musician, I love the way that m many modern jazz musicians are taking video game music and adapting it to their genre. I love so much. Point is, I've binged 20 hours of your podcast in the past four days, and I love it. Also, I heard you say, Aaron, that you hate your laugh, but I love it. 
I have a crazy laugh where it sounds like Darth Vader is having an asthma attack, but it's okay. Oh, we can have crazy laughs together. All laughs are beautiful because it is such a guttural expression of feeling. Your laugh is a part of you and I love it. Thank you so much, all of you, for putting together the Lorecast. And I hope you have a wonderful summer, JJ. Oh, thanks, JJ. That was lovely. I now have a new appreciation for my laugh. <laughs> uh, the next one comes to us from Zelda Fangirl 2011. Great podcast. Five stars. Me again. I just wanted to say that this is the only Zelda podcast I have been able to stick with for months and is worth the wait for every episode. I also have another question. Who is your favorite character other than Link and Zelda in Tears of the Kingdom? Mine is Tulin. <gasps> I think the Tears of the Kingdom happens around six years after Breath of the Wild because there are several different situations that I think show it. I would love to know what you two think about my theory. Bye! First off, Tulin is the best. Yeah, I like Tulin. Tulin. Who's your favorite? Beetle. <laughs> Get out of here. No, I mean, okay. Beetle aside. Yeah, it would probably be Tulin. He was like, I did the wind temple first. So I got, you know, Tulin was the first sage that I really dealt with. And he was the coolest little Rito kid ever. And I love him. Though I... Do you also like Yonobo? Yonobo, Yonobo. Come Goron. on, Aaron. Goron, Yonobo. Okay. That, every time that screws with me, and I'm like, who's Yonobo? And then as soon as you say Goron, I go, Yonobo! I oh, love Yonobo. Yonobo. Goron? I was saying, like, you know, Bo. <laughs> Goro <laughs> done with you done uh, alright you ready for another one yes this one comes to us from Totoro 0509 alright I am already in love with this because I love Totoro <laughs> uh, your podcast is the best I love this podcast five stars I am a huge LOZ fan and I love the way you connect the games I learned so much about the lore in this podcast, and I hope to learn more. And when I'm old enough, I will try to become a patron. Also, I love Ariel's sarcasm and her interpretations. Oh, that I sadly didn't bring this episode. I'm sorry, sorry I'm Totoro. Try- I'm sorry, Totoro. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. We have another one here. You ready? Yep. We'll do this last one. All right. This to us, this comes to us from Iron Spoken Hero. The unspoken hero has spoken. Five stars. These people talk too much. <laughs> but if you're wanting to know way too much about the LOZ world, you're in the right place. I like that lead. I like that lead in. <laughs> They're good people and good fun. Hey, Ariel. As a man that was raised in a family with sarcastic people, I can honestly say your sarcasm your sarcasm needs some work. Oh, called out. 
<laughs> I'm just saying this is a PG podcast. I have to keep my sarcasm to a certain, you know, level. Yeah. Yeah. I'm proud of you for that. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> you know. And Aaron, on behalf of the Legend of Zelda community, I would like to thank you for your service to this great country. It takes a person with big rupees to do something like that. Oh, it was my pleasure. So thank you very much, sir. You're an American patriot. I look forward to much, much more of the LOZ lore. Be safe and God bless. Well, well thank was, you. That was really nice. That was really sweet. Yeah. Well, I think that's all the time for the reviews we have. Ariel. Yes. What'd you bring for the mid-break? Stuff. And things? Yes. Yes. So, actually, this is really cool. I like this a lot. So, I brought merch, which like I always do. And this is on Etsy from the Bear and Wolf Studio. And it is a hand-painted, 3D-printed Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess Howling Stone statue. Let's go! Yeah, this is super awesome. So, this is made from plastic using acrylic paint. The size of it is four and a half inches height, two and a half inches width, with a depth of two inches. And the painted statues are completely hand textured and hand painted. Unpainted statues are available in a variety of colors, including red, orange, yellow, lime green, green, dark green, cyan, blue, pink, purple, tan, brown, white, gray and black just specify what color you would like in the order notes if you happen to get this so the price for this is $14.99 for the unpainted now unfortunately the painted ones are sold out but you never know they could restock so not too bad of a price 15 bucks for a really awesome howling stone and the picture is just awesome. So. Can we have one? Yes. Yes, we can. <laughs> Pick out the color of the five million colors that I just listed off. Let's go. Let's get a normal stone color. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Ariel, I brought something a little closer to home for us. You ready? Yes. You ever thought about Hey, my keyboard's kind of boring. I wish I could spice it up with some Legend of Zelda. I never once thought that. Well, now you will, because I found you some classic Zelda NES cartridges to replace your keycaps with. That's right. You can take any old key on your keyboard and replace it with a look-alike NES original Nintendo cartridge. So, these are... $21.36 a piece, and you can get either the Legend of Zelda or the Adventure of Link cartridge, both gold cartridges. Or if you're like me and you're just like, I want it all, you can pay all $35.60 to get both of them. They are handcrafted, made out of resin, so they'll last, and it won't feel weird on your fingers. And uh, yeah, they replace most keys on the keyboard. We're talking numbers and letter keys. So 
they're pretty cool looking and as small as they are there is a lot of detail in these I mean okay let's get them <laughs> uh, they're pretty swish <laughs> I want a link to the past one and I want it for the backspace oh my gosh I'm just saying <laughs> I remember when I found these first time, you were coming up with all kinds of puns for these, and oh, one of them had me dying. Yeah, super, super punny. Was it? It was called "Link to the Backspace." Is that what you called it? No. What was it? I don't remember what it is now. If I think of it, I'll shout it out randomly. When you're least expecting it. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh, it was a space to the past. A space to the past. That's what it was. Uh, gosh, I went on a keycap exploration. I found all kinds. So you'll be getting keycaps for weeks. Oh, well. Uh, well, at any rate, we'll have the link for the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> that was a horrible, horrible link interpretation there. Uh, down below. We'll have the link in the show notes down below. So, Ariel. Yeah. With that being said, is that all we have for the mid-break? Yeah. Except for where we talk about our sponsors. Let's go. So, if you want or need or both, which is really just a need at this point, and Ocarina, head on over to SDL Ocarina. Use our promo code LOZLORD10 and save yourself 10% off a beautiful Legend of Zelda Ocarina or any other type of ocarina. They have a whole bunch of different types to choose from, such as like Star Wars and uh, Lord of the Rings and D&D. And they got a whole bunch of different types of ocarinas. So they even have a couple different choices for Legend of Zelda because they have the Hyrulean Crest Shield. They have the Ocarina of Time. They've got a couple different ones. Yeah. So... Head on over there and use our promo code and save yourself 10% off one of those beautiful ocarinas. And while you're at it, make like a Goron and roll your way on over to Fanroll Dice. Use our promo code AlmightyC10, which is A-L-L, Mighty, the letter C, and 10, and save yourself 10% off a set of super awesome dice. Or dice bag or dice tray or dice tower, any of your dice accessories, or all of the above. And uh, please uh, do not put them in your mouth unless you're a Goron. <laughs> They're not even, edible. Even when you're a Goron, don't do that because these dice are super pretty. They have a whole bunch of different sets of dice too, like resin and metal and gemstone and rubber, wooden, a whole bunch of different types of dice. I myself have several sets of their dice and I absolutely love them, so... I can attest to how great they are. And you can save yourself 10% off, which is super awesome as well. And I think that's all I have for today. For now. For now. <laughs> well, with that being said, I think it's time for us to start wrapping this show up and go to the end. Wrap it up like a gibdo. <laughs> <laughs> Well, here we are, Ariel. 
We're at the end of the episode. Why? Why? With a whiny voice. Because reasons. <laughs> uh, so, who do we have next? A character. A character from Twilight Princess. Oh, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> no, next I have is Sarah. She's the mother of Beth and Haunch's wife. So she runs the only shop in Orden called Sarah's Sundries, where Link can buy the slingshot, milk, bee larvae, and lantern oil. But only after Link finds Link. Wait, what? So, Sarah owns a cat named Link. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yep, Link the cat. Uh-huh. That she absolutely loves, except gets mad at for eating a fish. Uh, specifically their family dinner, okay? I mean, if she loved the cat enough, she would have gotten the cat its own fish, but that's just me. So... <laughs> You know, she gets distressed over Link running away, Link the cat running away, and stops selling anything in her shop. And once Link returns Link, (laughs) who happens to be behind the house, and Link has to, you know, lure with fish. Sarah is super happy again and gives Link a bottle, Link the the Highland, a bottle that is half full of milk because she gave Link the other half, Link the cat. If I haven't confused you yet. Uh, (laughs) Which at this point, Link the Highland can now purchase items at Sarah Sundries. Not the cat. (laughs) Nope, not the cat. So that is what I have on Sarah. Do you have an interpretation, crazy cat lady? (sighs) I was going to say, she got that look like she's going to be very Karen to you. She is the Karen cat lady. Karen cat lady. (laughs) 100% Karen cat lady. (laughs) You can tell where Beth gets it from. So, are you ready for the next one? Absolutely. Next one is Uli. Uli? Mm-hmm. She's Colin's mom and Russell's wife, and she is very much pregnant. She tells Link that she lost the cradle she made for Colin when he was born, and once Link retrieves it from a monkey... She gives him the fishing rod that Colin made for him. She can be found on her front porch after Link is transformed into Wolf Link, waiting for Russell, who attempts to search for the monsters that kidnap the kids. And if Link attempts to approach her, she'll yell, which will cause Russell to attack. And during the end credits, she can be seen tending to her newborn baby girl as she notices the return of Russell and Colin from Kakariko. No. Oh, she has a sweet little baby girl. No. 
And that is what I have on Uli. What you got for me? Link's mom, not mom. Link's mom, not mom. She's like the village mom. Let's be honest. She's such a sweetheart. There's nothing you can say about her. All right. Ready for the next one? I am. We've got Talo. Oh, now we get to Talo. Yep. Malo's other older brother. Son of Jaggle and Pergy. He happens to look up to Link and admires his prowess with weapons. Talo is quite immature and very mean to Colin. And is always looking for trouble and is eager to wield weapons. Which is really confusing because if he looks up to Link, he wouldn't be such a bully. But, you know. Glad you said it. So early on in the game... Talo is captured chasing the monkey and is taken to the forest temple where he's rescued by Link and Talo believes wholeheartedly Link will save them when they get kidnapped by the Bulblins and is super, super happy when Link finally arrives. And he stops bullying Colin after he had saved Beth and takes the responsibility of keeping watch over Kakariko Village. If Link happens to go into town and wolf form, though, he will scream for everyone to head for safety. And while in Kakariko, Talo challenges Link to a bow minigame, and if he succeeds, Talo rewards him with a piece of heart. And that is basically what I have on Talo. Not a whole bunch. You ready for this? Yes. I think I'm the main protagonist. (laughs) (laughs) I will say I like that they finally created a character that looked up to like, like this game... I wanted to wait till you talked about all the kids of the village. This game did a really good job at making Link a person. A living, breathing, existing person in this society. Yeah. That's truly what I loved about Twilight Princess. It made you feel like Link was his own person for once. Yeah, that he was just a normal kid at one point. Mm-hmm. With friends and yep. everything else. I agree. Did I just agree with you? Hold on. Feel the ground. Now I need to feel my head. Am I feverish? Oh, gosh. All right. Ready for my next character? Yes. This is the last one, isn't it? Yeah. This will be my last one for this episode. I know, listeners, I have a lot more characters to go over. There's a lot of characters in this. Not as bad as Majora's Mask, though. Close. So, the last character I'm going to cover today is Koro. And Koro is a man with a very large afro that birds have been using as a nest. (laughs) And he is a horrible, horrible cook. And he lives near 
the Farron Spring and the southern portion of Farron Woods, right outside of Ordana. And from there, he sells lantern oil, lantern oil refills, either for empty bottles or the lantern itself. And early on in the game, he kindly gives Link a free lantern as part of a business tactic he is working on, much like a normal salesman. He has an older sister named Isa and a younger sister named Henna, who also run their own businesses. Koro sits in front of a cauldron filled with a nasty soup that can't be scooped until heated with the, lantern, with the lantern. Link's reaction to the soup varies, and it can sometimes even take hearts rather than replenish them. The young businessman also has a pet bird named Trill who watches over another shop in the northern part of Farron Woods. Trill comments on how his master never shows him any appreciation for watching the shop every day and presumes that Koro probably did not get much appreciation either growing up. If Link steals from Trill's shop, Koro gets mad at Trill for letting that happen instead of getting mad at Link for stealing. And according to Henna, Koro is the only one in the family who is lousy at fishing, having to resort to using a sinking lure in order to catch a fish. His sister considers Koro to be lazy and worthless since she sometimes asks him to help out at the fishing hole, but he never does. Koro is one of the few characters who is not afraid of Link in his wolf form, even saying that his older sister is scarier than the wolf. And during the end credits, Isa, Koro, and Henna can be seen together relaxing at the fishing hole. And that is what I have on Koro. You ready for this? Yes. <clears throat> the Hyrulean... Bob Ross. I feel like Bob Ross would be a good cook, though. <laughs> I was thinking Hyrulean Birdman. <laughs> what if we agree to disagree? What if what if we agree and combine them together and say Hyrulean Bird Bob Ross? Man. <laughs> <laughs> I really am Birdman Bob Ross. <laughs> oh, what a mouthful! Uh, I just i I think Bob Ross because he's got you know that cheery disposition about him and like. Well, he definitely has the Bob Ross hair. Yeah. Well, yeah, absolutely. He's got that cheery disposition about him too, which I love. You know, it's a happy little lantern. Uh, well i think with ariel being done i think that's all the time we have for today <laughs> uh, done. well this was fun but it's not over is it we have a lot more characters to go over don't we yeah <laughs> we may try to whittle the list down a little bit because some of the characters are just yeah you know they're interesting, but I'll do my best. But there is a lot of characters, so. <laughs> well, 
with that being said, until next time, thank you all for listening and tune in next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you all for listening to the Legend of Zelda lore cast tonight. We hope you enjoyed yourselves. If you did, tell a friend, leave a review. We'd love to hear from you. You can chat with us all things Legend of Zelda on the Robots Radio Discord. Or you can get hold of us on our Twitter at LOZ Lorecast. Intro and outro are done by Bentonal Landscape. Links are in the show notes below. Till next time, dear listener, it's dangerous to go alone. Take this.